1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, in unison, the Word of God says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. And let's pray, Lord, help us to understand these truths as we continue to study this idea of spiritual warfare, specifically the, the tools of Satan in spiritual warfare, and then looking forward to when we will discuss our tools that we can use to defeat Satan. So please give me the words to say for this, this time. Give us ears to hear and increase our wisdom and understanding so that we may Fight for thee with power and effectiveness. In Christ's name we pray, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> so we started last week, I had, I had, well we started two weeks ago, I'd originally started to preach a message about the ten tools of Satan's spiritual warfare, and then realized there were a whole lot more sermons in there than you wanted to sit through at one time. And so we did the introduction, talked about Satan the predator. Last week we talked about the first three uh, tools of Satan's spiritual warfare. And <clears throat> of course, we talked about doubt. Satan creates doubt. He came to Eve in the Garden of Eden. Yea, hath God said. And then he uses distortion. He begins to distort the truth, to contradict the truth, to, to change the truth, to change our perspective, try to change our thinking. And then number three, deception. He outright lies. Uh, ye shall not die, he said, in contradiction to God. And Eve chose to believe the lie of Satan rather than the truth of God. And so doubt, distortion, deception, the first three tools Satan uses against us. And then tonight we'll get into our fourth, and we'll do a, a few of these tonight. Number four, his fourth tool in satanic warfare spiritual warfare uh, are number four devils devils now devils the word devils is the bible word for the modern word demons all right the word demon and the word demons is not found in your king james bible but the word devils is found a lot uh, so just like Christians are to be little Christs, uh, we find that uh, these fallen angels are devils. They are like little devils. They're doing the work of, of Satan. <clears throat> and we find from the scriptures that these devils are fallen angels who rebelled against God and followed Satan into disobedience, rebellion, and sin. Now think about this. Satan's powers of deception are so great that he convinced one-third of God's angels to turn against their creator and fight against God and join this rebellion. And you can only imagine <clears throat> how instantly they found out that was a terrible idea. But it just shows you Satan's great power. We said last week his superpower is deception. He's, he's a magnificent liar. He's the best salesman in the universe. He's the best liar in the universe. If you listen to him long enough, he will convince you to his point of view 
That's why the Bible says cease to hear. You can't listen to the devil. You have to fight against the devil with the truth of the word of God. But here, Revelation chapter 12, verses 3 and 4, I'll read it for you, gives a little bit of the history. It says, And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, speaking of Satan, having seven hands and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew in the third part of the stars of heaven, the stars of heaven, speaking of the angels there, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which is Israel, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child, which was Christ, as soon as it was born. So giving kind of an overview of eternal history here, the rebellion in heaven, <clears throat> a third of the angels uh, are deceived to follow Satan. God casts them out of heaven, and then Satan begins waging war on God's creation down here, Adam and Eve, and then Israel, because he knew Israel would bring in the uh, Messiah. And so uh, these devils are little devils going about doing the work of Satan. Now, if you look in our text here, the Bible warns us the Holy Spirit is telling us that these devils are active and especially getting more active towards the last days. <clears throat> so First uh, Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Why? Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of who? Devils. And so these seducing spirits, devils, and the doctrines of devils, doctrines is teaching. And so these seducing spirits are spirits that literally entice and try to seduce people into the devil's way of thinking. How? Doubt, distortion, deception. And so these evil spirits are busy trying to pull people away from God. And then what are they believing? They're believing the doctrines of devils. Now, we believe the doctrine of God. And doctrine is so important. Most churches today don't learn sound doctrine. Over and over and over and over in the scriptures, the Bible talks about the need for sound or healthy or biblical doctrine, the teaching of God. Why do we believe what we believe? Who is God? What does God like? What does God dislike? What is the way to heaven? Uh, what's hell like? All of these things. How does God want us to live? What is grace? What is judgment? Uh, all of these things, there are doctrines associated, and we as a church, and I as a preacher, are trying to constantly teach the doctrines of the Bible, the doctrines of God. But Satan, remember, he doesn't create anything. He perverts and distorts. So he takes the sound doctrine of God and creates doctrines of devils. These are perversions of God's teachings. And so you can either choose to believe a perversion of God's teachings or the teaching of God himself. And just about everybody you meet out there believes in some type of twisted perversion of a truth. And so uh, these demons are busy. Now notice it says in the latter times. So I think that when we look through history, you can see times when devils were more overtly or openly or obviously active in the world than at other times. You read the Gospels. There was clearly an, an increase in spiritual activity around the life of Christ. Why? Because as we read in Revelation chapter 3, Satan was trying to keep Christ from being born, 
and then he was trying to kill him after he was born, when he was a child, and then he tried to keep him from going to the cross, and then he tried to keep him in the grave, and then he tried to keep the church from getting started, and once the church was started, he tried to keep the church from getting off the ground. There was an increased spiritual activity because Satan understood that was a, a turning point in history. If Christ could fulfill his duties, then salvation would be available. If the church could get off the ground, the gates of hell would not prevail against it, right? And so we saw a, an increase of open spiritual activity. Now, there's always spiritual activity going on around us beyond the, the veil of our perception. But at times, it is more open, overt, and obvious. In the last days, once again, when we come to these, these mountaintops of prophecy, these incredible moments of history, it's going to be more overt the uh, supernatural battle between God and Satan is going to become more obvious to people as they see this craziness going on. Until when you read the book of Revelation, I mean demons are visible. There's these creatures coming out of the pit of uh, the Antichrist and the beast and the false prophet uh, uh, doing miracles by the, the hand of Satan. So once again, it gets more overt as the end times come. And I think you're seeing it. I think it's becoming more and more obvious to people that even today, people that aren't necessarily spiritual are beginning to realize there is a battle between good and evil taking place in our world. Not just right and left, not Republican and Democrat, but even, even unspiritual people or, or non-Christians are starting to say there's something deeper going on here than just uh, philosophy and arguments over politics. And that's going to get more and more obvious as we get closer to the end times. Now notice it says here that some will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And you see this apostasy, this falling away. Uh, people who've professed Christianity who are now saying, no, I don't believe that anymore. And of course, uh, perhaps never even saved uh, you know, they've got these uh, famous Christian musicians and famous Christian authors and coming out and saying, no, I don't believe that anymore. That's apostasy. And, of course, we know that if you're born again, you're born again eternally. Uh, but, boy, these people, they get deep into the, the Christian realm. They get deep into churches, and then the, the wool is pulled away, and they've never trusted Christ at all. Let me just tell you this. If you reject Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're lost. You're lost. I was talking to someone uh, last year, and they said, well, you know, I don't believe that stuff anymore, but I figure that, that if, I was, if I was ever saved, then, then I'm still saved. I said, well, we can settle this real quick. I said, is Jesus Christ the Son of God who died on the cross to pay for your sin, was buried, and rose again? Are you trusting him to go to heaven? The person said, no. I said, then according to the scriptures, you're going to hell. But, but no, I, 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 I believed. I don't know what happened later, or I don't know what happened earlier. But what you're telling me right now, you do not have the testimony of salvation. And I said, either you are so desperately trying to convince yourself, giving yourself license to sin, that you're willing to do that, or you were never saved at all. But either way, friend, you are in danger. You're in danger. We can't sugarcoat this stuff. 
There are people who have professed Christ that are literally saying, no, Jesus isn't the Son of God. No, Jesus isn't the Savior. It's a falling away. We've got to be careful of that. We can't sugarcoat it. We need to pray for their salvation. Amen? A speaking, look at verse 2, speaking lies in hypocrisy. Hypocritically speaking lies. So these people that believe the seducing spirits, they believe the doctrines of devils. Now they begin to, to speak lies in hypocrisy. They're, they're hypocritically talking about things that they don't live themselves or believe themselves. Having their conscience seared with a hot iron. They've lost the, the discernment between right and wrong. It's like they have no discernment anymore. They're, they're following this satanic seduction. It's interesting if you follow along what all of these things are. The first example is forbidding to marry. You know, the Catholic Church forever has forbidden priests to marry, and that's ungodly. It's sinful. There's nowhere in the Bible that says you, you shouldn't marry. Forbidding people to marry, it's ungodly. People nowadays, you see this in the last days, this seduction of spirits, this doctrines of devils. Well, I don't, I don't believe in marriage anymore. That's ungodly. What are you going to do, just sleep around? Commit fornication, adultery the rest of your life? It's ungodly forbidding to marry. And the people that say, I'm never going to get married, they're not saying, oh, I'm going to be celibate. They're rejecting God's plan for marriage. And it's wicked. Here's one that will shock you. Look at the rest of verse 3. And uh, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving, of them which believe and know the truth. Why? For every creature of God is good, nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. Why? For it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. We don't have to follow the Old Testament laws, the Old Testament dietary laws. Now, it's wise to because God had a lot of good wisdom there, but there's no spiritual command to. So this idea of abstaining from meats. You know, the Catholic Church has Lent where you can only eat fish on certain days. Now, if you want to do a form of fasting, if you want to deprive your body for spiritual reasons, I'm all for that. But if you attach that to salvation, the commandment of God, that's wicked. That's wicked. Let me just say this. If you have health issues or, or if, you have, if you need to make a choice about your health that you want to stop eating meat, that's totally fine. But these people that are vegetarians, these militant vegetarians, you shouldn't eat meat, you shouldn't eat meat, that's ungodly. And it's actually a sign of the last times. This veganism, I know people who are vegans for health reasons. I have no problem with that. But when you get this militant veganism, this militant vegetarianism saying that you shouldn't be eating meat, that is a sign of the last times. And more and more people buying into that. We were at... Uh, uh, driving past KFC the other day. And you know they have plant-based chicken nuggets? A oh boy, isn't that great? Let's, let's take some unknown stuff, put it together, make it taste kind of like meat, and deep fry it. That's a, you know, if you do some study on this impossible meat and how they make, how many resources they waste trying to make things taste like meat? <laughs> it's insane. And then how unhealthy all the chemicals and stuff they use in it. It's far better for the environment. It's far better for most people's health to just eat meat. Listen, folks, grass-fed beef, naturally raised grass-fed beef, is almost as healthy as 
fish as far as the fat ratios and such. We, we've just got to be wise about this stuff. But you're seeing these evidences of the last days as people are getting militant trying to change established God's established laws over millennia trying to change these things. Now, again, if you need to make decisions for health reasons, everybody's different. I understand that. But, boy, this don't buy into that culture. This culture that says, you know, uh, don't abort babies, but if you hurt your dog, you're going to jail. Or, or you can abort babies, but if you hurt your dog, you're going to jail. That, that's wicked. Folks, you ought to take care of your animals, but human babies are more important than animal babies. Now, I've got a litter of puppies at home right now. We take good care of them. They're precious. They're cute. They are loved. They're fun to be around. But if I had to choose between a puppy and my children, let me think about that for a minute. Uh, I, I would choose two of my children, and uh, no, I would choose. <laughs> I would choose my children clearly, and so we we just have to have this doctrine. You have to be settled in doctrine. Why? Because if you're not settled in doctrine, seducing spirits come in, and they will get you to believe doctrines of devils that are contrary to the Word of God. All right, so let's understand a little bit more about this spiritual warfare with devils. Look at Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, you may have wondered why there's so much spiritual activity, demonic activity around the life of Christ. I've already explained that. But by the way, Satan's activity is still going on today. Do you know there are some countries where people still become demon-possessed? They still literally have uh, ceremonies where they will ask to be demon-possessed there are uh, places in certain countries where it's known that people are demon-possessed and videos of people tearing down huts with their bare hands as they attribute the power to Satan, climbing up spiky plants without being injured so they could get up there and, and, and take down the, the uh, fruit and throw it down. Uh, all kinds of, of weird stuff, but in some countries you talk about Haiti, well, there's open devil worship. The, the national religion is voodoo. They literally made a pact with Satan as a country. Study that history. And I've been told if you drive over the island of Hispaniola, on one side is the Dominican Republic, on the other side is Haiti. I've had people tell me that when you drive over that, you can almost see the line between the countries because the Dominican Republic is lush and beautiful and Haiti is barren. You go down to a place like Guyana, South America, and uh, boy, there's, there's some creepy stuff still going on. And all around the world, the problem is in America, we just say it's different things. You know, we're, we're too big for that. We have, America decided a long time ago, the, the uh, intelligentsia decided a long time ago, there is no God, there are no spirits, and so now that can't even be uh, an option as far as belief. When the crazy thing is, if you look at recent scientific discoveries, especially on the argument of fine-tuning, the fine-tuning of the universe, it is almost insanity. It, it is a form of insanity to believe that all this happened by accident over any number of years. But nobody looks at the evidence anymore because that's settled. You know, evolution settled, science settled. Well, Supposedly, science is never settled until they settle it for an agenda. 
But the proof is so clear that there is a God and he made the world. And Jesus Christ is his son. And Jesus died on the cross to pay for the sins, was buried and rose again. Well, come on now. I might start preaching. Luke chapter 4, we see an account of a devil. Now, devils are usually invisible to human eyes, but sometimes they appear in Scripture possessing humans or speaking through them. And so look at Luke chapter 4, verse 31. And came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. And they were astonished at his doctrine. See that word, doctrine? The doctrine of Christ, not the doctrine of devils. For his word was with what? Power, authority. Imagine the word of God teaching you the word of God. That's amazing. Look at verse 33. And in the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil and cried out with a loud voice saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. Boy, the testimony of the devils. I know you're the Savior. I know you're the Son of God. Please don't punish us now. Boy, they're already recognizing they're a defeated foe. And it's not uncommon for them not just to listen to Christ when he casts them out, but for them to bow down and beg for mercy. That ought to increase your faith right there. Look verse 35, And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. When the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and hurt him not. And they were all amazed and spake among themselves, What a word is this? For with power, or excuse me, for with authority and power he commandeth the unclean spirits, and they come out. And the fame of him went out into every place of the country round about. The demons can possess people. Now here's the good news. If you are born again, you have the Spirit of God living within you. You cannot be internally possessed by a demon. It's a wonderful thing. A demon cannot kick the Holy Spirit out of the way and possess you. Lost people have the potential to be possessed. Now, Christians cannot be possessed internally, but they can be oppressed outwardly. And Satan can get their ear. He can seduce them. And uh, God even says in the epistles, through inspiration, the Apostle Paul saying that some people are caught by Satan and he turneth them whithersoever he will. It, they, they're under the influence of Satan. Not, not inwardly, outwardly, because they're believing these seductions. And so one of the great tools of Satan's spiritual warfare are these devils. Now, the wicked one's army of devils makes him seem stronger than he is in actuality. For example, Satan is not omnipresent. He can't be everywhere at one time like God. Satan is a finite being. He can only ever be one place at one time. Revelation 2.13 says, I know thy works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. And thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith, even in those days where Antipas was my faithful martyr who was slain among you, where Satan dwelleth. So somewhere on the earth right now, Satan has a seat. He's got a place where he is organizing all of his 
activities around the world. In this case, there was a church in the very town where Satan was headquartered, and there were still faithful people in that town who had not denied the faith and even been martyred for their faith. And praise God for that. You know, you can stand for God everywhere and anywhere if you trust in His strength. Job chapter 1 Verses 6 and 7 says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. This ought to encourage you. Satan is still accountable to God. So God would get the all of his kingdom together every once in a while and make his angels and even fallen angels and Satan himself pass in front of him and give an account. What you been up to, Satan? Now, God already knew, but imagine how frustrating this must be for this rebel, this Satan to have to be summoned and have to come and stand before God and give an account. Folks, Satan's a defeated foe. I know it seems like he's winning, and I know it seems like he's, he's so powerful, but he's a defeated foe still accountable to his creator. But what was his answer? Ah, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down in it. Satan can only be one place at one time. His army of devils that are highly coordinated make Satan seem like he's a lot of places at one time, but he's not. It's the devils in coordination that are making his influence seem so widespread. It's also important to know that Satan is not omniscient. Satan does not know what you're thinking. Satan doesn't know everything. God knows the thoughts of my head and the thoughts of of our hearts. Satan does not know that. But it can seem like he does. Why? Because he studies us. He studies us. Just like a parent can almost predict or often can predict accurately what their children will do in a certain situation... Satan watches us like a stalker for our whole lifetimes. He knows us sometimes better than we know ourselves. He knows what our weaknesses are, what our strengths. He knows when we're vulnerable. And he's not omniscient, but sometimes it can seem like he's reading your mail or can understand your thoughts just because he studies you and knows you. Furthermore, his, the organized activity of his satanic horde can make it seem as though Satan is everywhere. And their intelligence gathering can make it seem like he's omniscient but they are not. The Bible says in Hebrews 1.14, the angels are God's ministering spirits. The devil, the devils, the demons are Satan's deceiving spirits. We won't take time to look at all these things, but let me just give you some things that devils do. Number one, they corrupt the truth. 1 Timothy 4.1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. So they corrupt the truth. Number two, devils deceive the multitudes. So we see in 1 Timothy chapter 4, they deceive multitudes. We also see in Revelation chapter 9 verse 20 that they deceive the multitudes. The Bible says, And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. 
Number three, devils tempt people to sin. Ephesians 6.11 says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Number four, devils wage angelic warfare. In Daniel chapter 10, we see the prince of Persia withstood the angel sent to Daniel. But Michael came, one of the chief princes, to help me. And I remained there with the kings of Persia. So this angel was dispatched to bring Daniel a message. And one of the uh, devils, a, a powerful devil. You see, when you study devils in the Bible, they tend to... Uh, be geographical. They will make a geographical claim. And then there's also a hierarchy among angels and devils. Ephesians chapter 6 talks about that, but we're not going to talk about that tonight. But here a powerful devil captured and held hostage this messenger angel, and he was hostage until Michael, one of the archangels, the captain of the Lord's host, came and delivered him, rescued him from this prince of Persia, a powerful devil, and then the angel could go on and give the message to, uh, to Daniel. And so all around us, there's this angelic warfare happening that we can't see. Number five, we learn that devils impersonate false gods. Think about that. Do you know every false god, if it's a powerful and much-believed false god, there is a devil behind it, a seducing spirit? Listen to Deuteronomy 32, 17. They sacrificed unto idols. No, it says they sacrificed unto devils, not to God. To God's little g, whom they knew not. To new God's little g that came newly up, whom your fathers feared not. 1 Corinthians 10, 20 goes further and says, But I say the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. So they would say, no, no, I'm, I'm sacrificing to the goddess Diana. No, no, I'm, 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 satisfi- I'm sacrificing to this God. And God says, no, you're sacrificing to devils. There is a devil behind that seducing people to believe doctrines of devils. There's a, probably a devil behind Buddha. How many people in the world believe in Buddha? All these false gods you could mention... There are devils behind them seducing people to believe in these fake gods. Now, devils are a powerful tool in Satan's spiritual warfare, but the good news is they're not more powerful than the Savior. Look at James chapter 2. Talking about Satan's tools of spiritual warfare, number four here is devils. The army of the wicked one, these demons who do his bidding. James chapter 2, and look at verse 19. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and what? Tremble. Now the devils know who God is. They believe there's one God. They they know his name is Jehovah. They know that his son's name is Jesus. The devils know they have a clear understanding of God's kingdom. They were once part of it. Even now they're perverted and corrupted. But they still know who's the boss. How do you know that? Because they believe in God and what do they do? They tremble. (laughs) They tremble. Folks, you don't have to be worried about demons. You know, the scary movies and all the, 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 the craziness out there. Hollywood makes all this kind of stuff. 
And, and boy, and I'm not saying they're not powerful. And I'm not saying that they're not, Satan doesn't wield them effectively to wreak havoc in our planet. But I'm saying that you as a child of God, you don't have to be afraid of them. As you have God in you, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Let me end with this wonderful, encouraging passage of Scripture. Matthew chapter 8. We just find in verses 23 through 27, Christ rebukes the winds and the waves and shocks the disciples as a further revelation of his power and authority. Even creation itself obeyed him. Look at Matthew chapter 28. And when he was come, excuse me, Matthew chapter 8, verse 28. And when he was come to the other side into the country of the Gergeneses with devils, excuse me, there met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs. So just like the maniac of Gadara, these demon-possessed people lived in the tombs, the cemeteries. You couldn't be around them. They were uncontrollable exceeding fears so that no man might pass by that way so they see christ coming now people wouldn't even walk through this cemetery they didn't want to go near there for fear of being hurt but these notice these two possessed with devils didn't come out to attack christ they don't dare they come out of the tombs and look at verse 29 and behold they cried out saying What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? Isn't that great? These devils in complete and total submission to our Savior. And that ought to encourage us. And we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. And yet these devils, when they saw Christ... They made two admissions. Number one, you are the Son of God. You are the creator of the universe. You are God. And number two, art thou come hither to torment us before the time? See, these devils know that they are scheduled for torment. They know that their day is coming. But they were afraid he showed up early. (laughs) You're not here early, are you? We got a little bit more time, don't we? No, it's not time yet. We also find in this passage of Scripture that devils can possess uh, some animals, at least, here in this case, pigs. And uh, you see the these devils, how destructive they are. So all of these swine, rather than just be in the pigs and be content... These devils ran these pigs off the cliff just in one final act of destruction uh, to destroy as much as they could. So we ought to receive comfort and courage at the response of this massive group of a thousand defeated devils when in the presence of the king. Folks, this wasn't one devil. This was legion, for we are many. Legion typically means a thousand. There were a thousand devils here that bowed the knee immediately to Christ, confessed he's the son of God, and hoped he didn't show up early to to send them to perdition. 
And this ought to give us a lot of comfort. Yes, devils are powerful. Satan uses them very efficiently and effectively. But greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the truth. We're grateful that you've taught us so much. You've given us so much doctrine. And Lord, we do pray. We know we are no match for Satan in our own strength, but we also know that Satan is no match for you. And so we want to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And I pray that you'd protect us this week. Lord, give us wisdom as we are being made aware of this spiritual warfare going on around us and even in us and through us, that you would be glorified. And Lord, that we would learn how to fight effectively these spiritual battles so that we can bring glory to your name, saving the lost from the clutches of Satan, restoring believers who are being held captive by the devil and following his wishes, exposing false believers who are introducing corruption into the church, churches. And Lord, that you'd help us to fight wisely in thy strength and power. Thank you that you haven't left us weaponless in this war. The weapons of our warfare aren't carnal, but they are powerful. And help us, give us discernment. Heads about, eyes are closed. We're going to take a moment here, as we do at the end of all of our services, for a moment of, of invitation. Something you want to pray about? Boy, these seducing spirits, they are powerful. I've seen it happen over and over and over again where sometimes people, they start off believing the right thing and then over time somebody gets in their ear, something whispers in their ear, they find a website, a podcast, a, a YouTube channel, a, a friend, air quotes. And boy, they start listening to the wrong things and they get away from the scriptures and next thing you know, they're believing doctrines of devils. And may God protect all of us, protect our families, our, our children, our church. Some churches are totally inundated with these doctrines of devils, not even teaching the truth anymore. God help us. But we are not weaponless. As the piano plays, let's stand.